to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Welcome to episode 288 of the Dave's I Know podcast. Uh, we have a slightly uh, improvised lineup today. We have the a regular crew of me and uh, Jess. Jess, how you doing? I am well and I am here. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Uh, and then we'll be joined shortly by uh, Daniel Didmanson, uh, president of the Thunderwall Um board member of uh, the Wonderwall as well, um, as well as a Vonchulich drummer, uh, head person with Mel. Um, he'll be joining us, uh, though they'll be joining us pretty shortly. Um, they'll have them, they'll just jump in whenever they get here, but we have a lot to talk. Yeah, it'll be a surprise. Yeah. He'll just randomly show up, uh, onto our, uh, onto our zoom meeting here. So, um, we do have a lot to talk about. Uh, so let's start off, uh, first things first. Um, I think I mentioned this on the podcast a few weeks ago. Um, I, Decided on a whim to sort of organize a, a pickup soccer kind of group thing. And we had our first meetup on Saturday at the Hamlin Midway uh, futsal courts. Sweet. And we had almost 20 people show up and play oh, soccer. Wow. Yeah, it was, um, it was pretty awesome. People of all uh, age and skill levels. Uh, we had some uh, high school kids. Um, who are very good, and I just told them the only, the only rule is that you just don't beat up on the old people, and then we had we had a bunch of people who had, had never played soccer before, some people had, had played so- hadn't played soccer in 30 years, some people um, like myself, who like, don't play competitively, but you know, play in a league every, you know, once a week, or every, you know, every once in a while, so it was really cool, um, it was super fun, uh, we had a reporter there <clears throat> to get some pictures and some uh, quotes and stuff, so just this yeah, thing. David yeah. Taylor, you just pull shit out of your ass. You're like, you send one email, 20 people show up, and the press. Like, shut the front door. Well, technically, technically it was one tweet. And then uh, and then I was like, actually, we should just do this thing. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so I have uh, up to 40 people's emails now. So um, I was also going to mention my Lefsa, my Lefsa crypto scheme that I'm uh, – Lefsa, <laughs> Lefsa truck crypto scheme that I'm about to start running. So people are going to be getting a lot of emails uh, <laughs> on that. Yeah, so uh, it was very cool. If you want to join, uh, you can definitely just hit me up on uh, Twitter. Um, I can give you the link to the form, or if you just you know send me your email address. Um, we're going to do it. The next one is going to be, I think, in um, two weeks from this past Saturday. So on the uh, 22nd, uh, I think we're going to do it at the same time, so at noon at the Hamlin Midway Park uh, Futsal Court. You can also just show up if you want, um, but if, if there's something comes up, rain or whatever, um, it's nice to have people's emails so I can just let everybody know. Or and then we also have a Slack group um, as well. So people, there's already been a couple of the people who have said, "Hey, I want to get together this Wednesday and kick a ball around." So um, it's not just me running things. It's kind of I want it to be a place where you know people can you know reach out for other folks if they want to if they just want to kick a ball around. If you know, I think if people are like start joining leagues and they need subs, it's a good place to you know post and ask for subs and things like that. So 
Yeah, um, I guess with my new job, I don't do a ton of organizing anymore. So I decided I need needed to do some organizing in my <laughs> spare time. Not that I have any spare um, time. You come to my home and like label things. Not that kind of organizing, Jess. Not that kind oh, of organizing, unfortunately. Damn it. Damn it. More like community organizing. So yeah, it's not like I don't have enough. It's not like I have you all the free time in the world. Companies. Yeah. So. So anyway, so yeah, uh, check it out. I so said if you want to get involved, you can just reach out. Um, said so reach out on Twitter, uh, either the TDIKMN or you know my personal Twitter, and I can connect you with uh, either the Slack group or get you on the email email list as well. So um, so yeah, huge shout out to everybody. Thanks to everybody who showed up uh, on Saturday. I know a few people wanted to go, but a couple of people got were sick and didn't want to get anybody else sick. Uh, a couple of people had work stuff. Um, so we're gonna try and so we're gonna try to do it again in a couple of weeks. Um, and then we'll sort of maybe see if we can move it around so it's at different times so that you know people who can't make it middle of the day can do it a little bit uh, later in the afternoon or something or a weeknight or something as well. So and then we have to figure out what the hell we're going to do in the winter time. So um, I am going to be figuring it out. So yeah, so thanks everybody to all the sickos who showed up and, and played some soccer with us on Saturday. So and look at that, perfect timing. Oh, dropped it. Sorry. It's <laughs> all right. We just we're just get. We're just getting started, Daniel. Uh, Daniel Dimonson's on the podcast with us. Daniel, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing really good. It's a great night. Uh, the dog is being surprisingly quiet while I'm on Zoom, which is rare. So let's hope that holds. All right. Uh, well, we'll we'll try and power through here for you. So, nah, she's fine. She got a long walk beforehand. She can handle this. All right. Sounds good. Cool. All right, well, we're just jumping in with the uh, with the Loons uh, debacle that was uh, yeah, a Saturday yeah. night match. Uh, Loons won uh, Austin Aztecs, or Austin SD as they like to be called, four. Um, first half, so first things of note, Heath was out. Uh, Heath and Michael Boxel were out. They were serving yellow card suspensions. Um, and then, uh, but that gave us this brilliant, I threw it in our, doc, our document. It's been out on Twitter. Uh, Tom Bogert <laughs> tweeted it out. Uh, I think the art, but make it sports uh, uh, Twitter account did a, a took this and uh, did something amazing with it. It's just it's oh. it's Adrian Heath. If you, if you have not seen the tweets, uh, look for Tom Bogert's twi- tweet. Uh, I'll maybe I'll uh, try and um, uh, throw it up when I when I do the post for the uh, uh, for the podcast here. But it's just it's just Adrian Heath just lounging um, in a box. It was funny. Before the game, I literally one of the, the photographers that I'm friends with came up into the section where I stand and was like, "Hey, check it out." He pointed out where Heath was up there, just late, let, like lounging about. He's like, "I just want to make sure you saw the man." So, um, people, my, my brand, my brand is is alive and well. Let's put it that way. So, yes, and well, I would say he could stay up there, but I don't know. Given that score, maybe we do need him. I don't. I don't. <laughs> We can talk about we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> yes, what as as the sartorial uh, correspondent here of the Dave's I know what did, what did you think of the of the Adrian Heath was his pose good? Somebody mentioned oh. I think this is I think this is uh, Eric from um, the 50, the Minnesota football show mentioned uh, that he kind of looks like Jabba the Hutt um, yeah. in the way that he's positioned as well. So yes, what are your, what are your thoughts on on, on our our man here? Did a quick googling for some fine art in repose, and I found a Monet that um, I think he's taking some inspiration from. Uh, funny, all of the repose images that came up were women. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, Heath looks utterly unbemused and like sort of like a cat in the window, like yep. taking in the sunshine, being not small. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have to assume that he's contractually obligated to be there or else I doubt he would have been. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I don't know. He, I mean, I've definitely, he's definitely been at Minnesota United FC two games. So I think he, I mean, I think the man legitimately loves soccer. I just, he's just not good at coaching it, um, which is the, is the, which is the big thing for him. Come on now. It's kind of, it's kind of the important one thing. job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about the actual soccer then. Uh, Minnesota. Not that, not that we want to, guys. I know it's, this, is a, this is a tough game. I took both of my kids to this game. So, um, uh, it's already going to be a long night. Um, and I'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, Minnesota came out and actually played pretty well. They were on the front foot for most of the game. But again, as you know, as we keep saying, match after match after match, the team can't finish. Um, Mender Garcia can't buy a goal, um, can't buy a finish to save his fucking life. And Boggy Alangwane as well had a couple of sitters right in front of net. Um, uh, Hassani Dotson uh, hit the post with the, uh, the header. Um, Brad Stuver, you know, looked good, but didn't have to do too much, unfortunately, um, because Minnesota just is not clinical in their finishing. So, um, and that was, you know, clinical. Much, we, yeah. we aspire critical, clinical. Right now yeah. we're like clinically, um, clinically disabled yeah for sure for sure Uh, i would say we get there but i don't even think we do that well necessarily either so right (laughs) right um yeah and then uh so you know against the run of play um austin scores the first goal in the 35th minute uh diego fagundes um with a uh brilliant run um a brilliant ball from Pereira, just a complete breakdown of our of our defense not the only time this this match that this happens where our defense just completely breaks down. Um, uh, Debasi did not know who to pick up if he had to pick up Fagundes or Druisi picks the wrong guy. Um, Fagundes easily slots at home to make it one to nothing, and then then about seven minutes later, a just absolutely atrocious slide tackle from Debasi. Um, he gets uh, John Gallagher in the box. Uh, he gets the ball first but he goes he just absolutely goes through the guy um there's this just very long extended var sequence where you know the var is looking at it the referee's talking to the var he's talking to the captains no one knows what the hell's going on um and then the award they keep the penalty i mean it was a very quick penalty shout um from the or penalty from the from the referee um and then just no, 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 even going to look at the, I mean, it would have been one thing if you went and looked at the, at the uh, VAR or even go look at it. And it, for almost three minutes of just standing there was really frustrating as <laughs> sending in the wonder wall um, yeah. it's in front of us too, you know? So, and then Sebastian Jerisi puts it away. Um, just an absolutely great penalty kick. Clint Irwin uh, just, I think had no, you know, no chance at this one. He had a really tough game with in front of, with his defense in front of him too, without boxy. Um, yeah. Uh, Daniel, Jess, any thoughts on the on the first half? I mean, we we should have been leading this game. We should have been up probably two to nothing, and instead we went into the half at down two to nothing. Yeah, it was like, what happened? Like we had all these chances, and I'm used to us needing a lot of chances to finish any 
right? Like I'm used to that. That is, that's usually good news and good momentum. And I still felt like, um, well, until this, their second goal, I would say, I still felt like we could be in it and get back and win it. And, and it's like every chance that then was missed again was further, um, like fucking with people's heads and we could take a mat. Like we, the fewer shots we made, the fewer shots we felt we could make, the fewer shots we tried to make, like, it was really painful. My mother came to this game with me. Oh. And she had just about the opposite of experience as Josh did at the uh, Portland game, right? And I heard other people say it in the crowd walking back to Blackheart, too. It's like those two matches could not have been more opposite in feeling, flavor, and uh, effectiveness. It was, it was sad. I was just <clears throat> sad. Yeah, I would I would agree, and then I guess the joke kind of is it's that's the classic Heath defense is no defense. So <laughs> <laughs> the Heath school of defense is simply don't. So <laughs> like, that's I, yeah, that's a good way to put it, man. That's uh, yeah, honestly, it's like, Heath, Heath defense is don't don't defense. Uh, yeah, but that doesn't work if you can't score goals. Like, like so really, like, really yeah. ineffective, really. Yeah. Yeah, um, but that slide tackle was just just bad. It just, like, I mean, it did, from I, my perspective, it did have to happen. That's their thing. It's well, right. Well, number one, Bongi Bongi just absolutely gets torched. Uh, yeah. So Debassi has to p- pick up the the slack. Boxy's playing right center back, which he normally doesn't play. Normally, if he's playing center back, he's playing left center back, right? That's normally Boxy's position. Um, so he's out. So he's out of position. Bongi is just absolutely torched on that, which is hardly ever happens to Bongi. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Will Trapp, I think, was the person who gave the ball away in the midfield. Uh, it was just a comedy of errors that, that led directly yeah. to, you know, conceding a, a, a terrible penalty right before the half, too, right? It's like, that's just one of the worst times to give up a goal is, is minutes before halftime. So, um, so yeah. So, goal, minutes yeah. before halftime. Like, that's – if we had gotten a goal minutes before, before halftime, then, you know. What is it that some um, – Idiot philosopher says goals change games. That's yeah. his, his favorite saying. Somebody <laughs> uh, speak- in repose. <laughs> right. Speaking speaking of goals changing games. So okay, so Doug, I'll lay this out here. So like we got the game super early because with the kids and everything, we didn't want to like wait and worry about getting spots. So we were we were there probably about an hour before kickoff. Um, and by the halftime, kids were getting like Clara was very visibly very tired, and we're like, well. Let's see how they go. How it goes, and if we we'll wait through halftime, kind of see how the kids are doing, and then um, I was like, then we can, you know, we should, we, you know, if Clara looks like she's tired and wants to go, we should go. And and then I think Anna thought I was, I was saying that she should go with the kids. Like we had parked the car at the Black Heart, specifically, so we have to walk all the way back home. Normally we walk to the games, right? We don't, we don't right. normally drive to the to the Black Heart or whatever. But we had we're like, oh, we're gonna have the kids. It'd be nice to get home quicker. Um, and so at literally after halftime was over. After they sing that stupid fucking killer song, um, the, I, I, I asked I asked Clara and Ragnar. I was like, "Hey, do you guys want to go home?" And they're like, "Yeah." So we're getting re- stuff ready, and Anna kind of was like, "Then got up in a huff," and I, and I was like, "Getting ready." She's like, "Oh, you're coming too?" I was like, "Yeah, I was, I'm not gonna make you walk both kids back to the car. I'll, like, I'll leave too. It's for sure." Like, also, I didn't really want to stay there to watch this game anyway. So, 
Dude, that's the worst, right? Yeah. Like I was there with my mom. My mom goes to one match a season with me. That's about what both of us have in us. And what <laughs> is the worst is like when we're losing so badly and it's so frustrating and all I want to do is leave and go to the black card to get a good spot drag show like I'm done I'm ready yeah. but then I brought you know a guest who may or may not want to but it's always a very awkward conversation like so do you want to <laughs> plant <laughs> right. the seed plant the seed yeah right right they want to stay because they think I want to stay but like really I want to stay yes be beating our pants off I'll just say, so So we were outside when Dreesey scores uh, his second goal of the game. Um, we were literally just on the outside of the, I think we just got out, out the door when uh, uh, the Finley cross. I saw it on replay. Um, it was a great cross by your boy, Ethan Finley, Jess. Uh. Um, unfortunately, Sebastian Dreesey puts it in the back of the net, uh, gives uh, Austin a 3 nothing lead. And then, uh, Daniel, you, I mean, just since you're on the Thunderwall, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, your sort of background and everything here after we get through this game. But um, you're up there on the Thunderwall. Um, and I heard it was pretty, uh, the crowd, even in spite of all that was pretty good and like wanting to get Pookie in and can you talk a little, may talk a little bit about the atmosphere of that. Cause then four minutes later, Minnesota makes, you know, their subs, Pad Padelford comes on, um, Izzy, Tajiri Sherrod comes on and Timo Pookie come on in the 56 minutes. So tell us, maybe tell us a little bit about, uh, how the, how the Wonderwall was and everything. It was electric. And I think especially with a lot of the comments, I know we'll talk about this later. A lot of the comments that were made during his press conference, uh, a lot of fans wanted to see him. And so multiple times, multiple times, people are trying to do a Pookie chant to try to, to get him in. And then finally, it actually, after the goal, I think enough people are just, just fed up that they it's just awesome. want to see literally anything other than this baloney that all the right. So, so then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now everyone is chanting, uh, and which is really cool. But also, didn't we have the other new guy make an appearance also, not just Pookie? Yeah, <laughs> came on at the same got, time. Yeah, with the same sobbing window, and he got no attention whatsoever, yeah, which was like, ah, oh. yeah. <laughs> so, I don't even remember him going in, and I was yeah. there. <laughs> um yeah it was so, electric yeah that's awesome like, that's that's super cool yeah we and we could talk a little bit about the press conference uh we were both there uh me and daniel on friday so um so yeah but so you know by the time i got home i turned the game on because I'm, I'm a glutton for punishment even if i'm not I, you know put the kids to bed i was like I'm, i'll watch the game yeah um, minnesota looked you know started to look again looked decent i think game states right like austin didn't really need to go forward so it was like whatever no. minnesota controlled possession um but then a really great uh, moment for Devin Pedelford gets his first uh, uh, professional MLS goal. He scored an MLS next pro, but he has not, never scored an MLS. Um, so he's the first homegrown kid to score a, a game, a, a goal for Minnesota United um, off of a corner. Uh, so Reynoso takes the corner. Uh, Hassani Dotson kind of flicks it on. Um, and Pedelford literally jumps up and like just hits it with the back of his head. Like he's not even looking at the goal. And I, it's great to come back. And listen to Cal Williams um, on the call because Cal was uh, was doing the game, and he's just like he wasn't even looking at the goal. He had his back complete, and so that was a really great moment for the kid. Um, you know, down three one. You know, like I'm, I'm sure people were like, "Oh, it's a comeback," and it's like, "Well, no, that's never going to happen because it's Minnesota. It's three one in the 85th minute." Um, but yeah, to talk a little bit about how the how the atmosphere was in the in the stadium when when the kid scored his first goal. It's got to be awesome. 
it was incredible to watch. And and mind you, like goals scored at Allianz are a celebration in and of itself. And I think a lot of people were trying to figure out who it was. Uh, and then all of a sudden, when we realized it's Padel for they were like, oh, that's that's one of ours. Like not just not just a United kid, but a a local kid. And all of a sudden, we there was a multiple different the fun thing about a lot of these new players is we're trying different chants for that player and so you end up with like three or four of them that are happening at the same time you know like, <laughs> oh, that's kind of cool and the different different like portions of the wonder wall are all doing different things while we're also trying to do like pulling smoke and doing the gold celebration and all that it's like this is yeah do people want to come back yeah absolutely in our heart of hearts we know that's not probably going to be the case especially how late <laughs> yeah. it was but it's, but we also stopped them from getting a clean sheet which is something that is that is i will take the silver lining right there like come yeah. on now. <laughs> yeah well I unfortunately did not end three to one and four to one because on the 95th minute uh Rigoni, who came on uh, uh scores from Driusi. Uh, uh, did see this goal again. It was just terrible, uh, just complete lack of defending, honestly, by Minnesota. At this point, you know, they had definitely switched off. Um, so that's how the game ends. Um, four to one to uh, Austin. Um, that means Minnesota currently sits 12th in the Western Conference. Uh, only two home wins in MLS. Um, they are only, I mean, they're not like so far off of the playoff spots. Um, I mean, I guess not even just the, the play in uh, game spots really. Um, and they do have, so they're only, yeah, so they're at 24 points. Uh, Vancouver is at 25 points. The team they play up on Wednesday, Houston's at 28 points. Uh, and Minnesota has a game in hand um, on Houston. Um, they're tied in games on Vancouver and they have three games on Kansas City, Sporting Kansas City, who's currently sit in 10th place. Um, wow. They're only, they're only five points off of fifth place, Austin. So that's how I imagine. It's a huge game for Austin. They had not been playing. I mean, they've been playing well the last sort of four mm-hmm. matches, but uh, mm-hmm. but they had not been playing well. They were already, they were down in twelfth place about a month and a half ago, and now they're yeah. all the way up to fifth. So mm-hmm. it's that's how MLS is. It's really it's a league that your fortunes can change pretty quickly. But man, it's not uh, not looking good. Or sorry, Minnesota's in eleventh place, not twelfth place. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, we. I don't think we moved. Yeah, I think we stayed exactly where we were. So yeah, yeah but we have. Uh, and we'll talk about it later. Houston and LAFC coming up. Um, but let's, before we get to that, um, we have some important business to do. Let's give out our Freddie Adus. Daniel, we give out uh, our Freddie Adu awards for a, the good Freddie Adu and our shitty Freddie Adu. It's the same award. It's the same man. Um, there wasn't too much good in the, in the Freddie Adu. So if you want to make a case for somebody, um, by all means, knock yourself out. Um, I'm going to give my shitty Freddie Adu to, uh, unfortunately, Bakai Debasi. Who I absolutely love, but was completely played out of position um, in that right center back. Uh, was at fault for two of the goals, um, if not, uh, well, he, yeah, two, two of the goals for sure. Possibly the third. Again, I didn't see. I just only watched a very quick replay of the third goal. Um, but again, between him, uh, he and he got subbed off in the 70th minute. Um, Brent Coleman came on for him. Uh, clearly, I, I don't believe that was injured. I think he was just sort of out of his depths and. Yeah. Um, just a really frustrating game for that dude, a guy who's coming just coming back from injury. Um, but uh, you know, I gotta yeah, if you gotta pick one, I, I'm gonna pick him. So Jess, who do you have for your shitty Freddie Adu? Everyone. 
I mean, Fair. it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Um, you know who I thought actually looked kind of okay? Uh, Will Trap when he was playing in my seats. He did some nice maneuvering with his fancy footwork, but um, he okay. let's just say he didn't annoy me as much as usual. <laughs> It's a high bar uh, to clear there. So, uh, Daniel, I know we're putting you on the spot here, but you got a you got a particular player that stood out, either good or bad for you. Can I shout out the uh, what's his name, the equipment manager, <laughs> for his for his end of warmups, catch the ball in the bag, like that's always fun. I'll, I'll, yep. I, yes, Sean, I think. I think it's Sean. Yeah, he's a. Uh, that's what that's one of Anna's favorite parts of the game too. Um, <laughs> that that and seeing the the little the little kids kick the goal into the ball at the end of the game. So yeah. um, okay, very yeah. good. That's well, and that's... I will say Pookie looked good, like yeah. when he controlled the ball. There was just literally no one else there. Yeah, so he kept pushing forward, and like everyone else is at the half line. I'm like, come yeah. on! I know. I kept screaming, "Run, yeah. run, run!" <laughs> I think it'll be interesting with him because he um, he'll like he's a good finisher of the ball for sure. The the question is, and the problem he had at Norwich this last year was he wasn't actually getting the ball, getting the ball. So the question is, um, can he get on the same page with Reynoso, Mm -hmm. with Bongi, with Song Bin Zhang to make sure that they can pass him the ball where he like so they know where he's running um, and they can make the passes. Reynoso and Song Bin for sure can make those passes. It's just a matter of like, can they do it with consistency uh, for Song Bin? I mean, we've seen some of the amazing passes that he's made and Reynoso for sure will, but like uh, you almost have to play Reynoso further up the pitch, which mm-hmm. means that the ball needs to get to Reynoso. Reynoso can't go back and get the ball and make those passes. Yep. Like, right. So you're stuck in between a rock and a hard push with Reynoso because you really want him closer to Puki to be able to make those, um, you know, so Puki can make those diagonal runs and Ray can put the ball like in his path. Um, however, Freynos has to go back and get the ball, uh, you know, on the, uh, on our side of the pitch and then bring it up, you know, five times out of 10, he's either going to get tackled or he's going to get, you know, double teamed. He's going to have to pass the ball off and then you're passing it to a player who does not have the skill set. Um, I'll be interested to see Ar- Ariaga coming back too, because Ariaga is a guy who can make those passes, I think as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been kind of out of favor recently, but if he gets back in good graces as uh, someone, uh, like the back of that midfield, right. in that sixth role. He could play those long balls to Pookie. So, but Pookie needs the service. Um, yep. You can only make those runs. You can make those runs all day. I mean, we've seen Bongi make amazing runs, but like, no one yeah. gets him the ball because he's like, the ball's, you know, back, you know, in, our, in front of our, our box. So, <laughs> all right, cool. All right. Now it's time for the award winning segment. Uh, Jess's yeah. post match hot or not review. Take it away, Jess. Okay. Not hot. Seeing Josh Wolf in the same wrong Kelly Bean polo every fucking minute. Someone get this man a wardrobe subscription box because I am tired of Kelly Green. Branch out, man. You got new second kits and they're mint. Try it. You'll like it. When I called out to the unused Austin subs at the end of the match as they wandered back to their home, and they said, hey, will you boys give my love to Ethan? And they gave me a thumbs up. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, all right. <clears throat> and that's about it. 
I mean, I liked how many chances we had in the first half. It kept me there all 90 depressing minutes. I was just that hopeful. Awesome. All right. Well, cool. Well, that's, that is this one game. Uh, we have a lot of games <laughs> to talk about. But let's, uh, let's actually meet our, our distinguished guest here. Uh, Daniel, um, Daniel Dimitson is um, Thunderwall president currently, right? Correct. Uh, he's, on, he's on the Wonderwall board with me. Uh, he's involved with a Revanchulet as well. Uh, what other soccer-related hats do you wear, Daniel? Or is that did I pretty much cover it all? That's pretty much it. I will attend Minneapolis City just for fun. Please. Okay. I just just let me have fun sometimes. <laughs> no. I totally, totally understand. So, um, <laughs> so I, I guess, you know, we, we have people on who are, um, you know, in, into the soccer community, especially as involved as you are. Um, what got you involved with Minnesota specifically, but then, you know, the Minnesota um, soccer supporter scene? Because that is a it's a it's a big leap to go from just being a, a fan and going to games to actually wanting to do shit. So um, what, what made you want to do shit? <laughs> So when I was living in Mille Lacs Lake area, central Minnesota, I had a friend coax me with a free ticket to come while Minnesota United was still playing at the University of Minnesota. And we were like way up nosebleeds. <laughs> and it just and just because they're kind of what he had. And like I know absolutely nothing about soccer. And I given what I do still know very little about it because I'm often don't actually watch in detail and so but what drew me was the thousands of of fans now i know called supporters that were behind the goal um doing chants doing cheers flags drums and just that massive output of positivity i was like that is incredible you need to tell me more about what that is and he said well that's where my tickets normally are but i never like bring new people with me and throw them into that because it can be very daunting and I said well next time that's where I'm going to be and the next match just happened to be their last match which was the uh, 50k to midway match uh, so I bought my supporter ticket hung out met Rob one of the founders of the Thunderwall and he was talking about this interesting idea that they were talking about with the creation of Allianz and bringing all the drums together and as a percussionist all my life he's like is this something that you'd be interested in doing and I said absolutely count me in and then as I walked out that night I became a season ticket holder because uh, at the little table they had set up and then as Allianz and the Thunderwall were kind of figuring out what we were doing I became the first match day coordinator going in with early entry making sure everything is set up and like basic maintenance and all that stuff because i'm good at the hands-on stuff as well and then with covid it was covid don't need to get into that um and all that fun drama um but then ultimately all after covid the founding core leadership of the thunderwall identified future leaders and i was one of them and rob asked me hey do you want to take this forward, take this on and take this forward? And I said, yes. So I became the second president, um, which did I know that would also include more or less being the drum major for the Wonderwall? <laughs> no, but I enjoy every minute of it, despite the soreness that I have the next day. <laughs> so. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, maybe I, explain a little bit about Thunderwall and how, like, how it's set up and, and sort of what the expectations and things are, because I know 
I know I've had people come up to me and ask like, you know, how do you get involved in there? I always send them, I was like, just go up there and talk to somebody because they know much more. Like I've got a chance to get up there and drum a couple of times. And I love it. Um, it's very therapeutic to hit shit sometimes, especially during Minnesota United <laughs> games. Um, so if you could tell, if you could explain maybe a little bit about the Thunderwall and, and, and kind yeah. of the ethos and everything, that'd be, that'd be fantastic. So. Uh, so to get the more technical jargon out of the way, the Thunderwall is a subautonomous committee of the Wonderwall match day uh, stuffs. So we are we are under the Wonderwall umbrella. We have a budget that the Wonderwall gives us. We do merch with permission. Um, usually, like we've done two scarves now, and that just goes to the Wonderwall and the Wonderwall General Fund to support all of the things that it does. Um, including us. Um, the fun part of that is we get to hit stuff, just like Zeller <laughs> said. And and like so, we'll typically have ten to twelve drums. We are wide open. We have an open door policy, as as I've said multiple times. Like we will make room. Like I joke, hey, if you can count to four, then you've met the basic requirements. Uh, and <laughs> even that is a minimum at times because it's so much easier to teach the like technical and the skills involved than it is to teach the passion for it. So if okay. you have an interest, please just, just come and talk to us. And we, we will, uh, we both drums on either ends of the thunder wall. We've like purposely put people on those drums, knowing that they are really good at interacting with people as they are coming on. And even if it's just for like two seconds, one chant, someone just wants to bang the drum and try it. Or if they want to like step in and actually become more involved match to match, we get all kinds and we love it. It's it's a super easy way for random fans to become supporters. And we're here for that, especially kids. If yeah. we can if we can support youth understanding that there's a position for them on the pitch or off the pitch. So regardless of what their future and their goals might be they can still love this beautiful game then we are doing our job correctly regardless of whether or not we're getting the rhythms correctly yeah so. <clears throat> and i'll say that's been a big thing too um i mean obviously with thunderwall with minnesota united but yeah i definitely see it a lot with revanchulet um yeah. and uh, just the bringing in of kids who want to do stuff drum flag things like you know wave flags things like that so Maybe talk a little bit about how you got involved with um, with Revanchulet as well. And people who are I'm sure most people are aware, but that's Revanchulet is the supporter group for Minnesota Aurora, um, which plays out at TCO. So maybe talk a little bit about Revanchulet as well. First, ISC recognized USLW supporters group, uh, right. which is super fun, um, and it's it's just a bunch of goofy soccer dorks doing super. <laughs> like dorky things right and and we make chance we always say like the dumb ones are the fun ones and we try to be aspirational not not that you can't swear but to understand that like the players on both sides of the field are are development players they're not professionals they're still trying to determine whether or not this is something they want to do or capable of doing on professional levels same goes with coaching same goes with officiating like so we're not going to be as mean necessarily as Allianz and the Wonderwall might get at times, uh, just because we we that's just not kind of our go-to. And then we get to do much dumber things. Like some of our chants are just like 
noise, noise, yes. noise, or like some of our player specific chants where we were uh, uh, the doctors out there and we're just shouting teeth, like because she's now a dentist. And it's like, mm-hmm. like the, that's just the benefit of a potential benefit of being a step lower is that there's not the same level of, of professionalism that might, that might be quote unquote required. Uh, even though I would full heartedly disagree with that anyways. Um, <laughs> but, and then we get to do things like, like we do a ton of community events um, just on our own, like different fundraisers or drives on the, there is no off season because we've yeah. made sure of that. So but and it's it's just a lot of fun. I got involved because Mel um, is a Thunderwall member and is a member of the Thunderwall leadership team. And then when she got elected as president of Revontalet, uh, she asked me to come on board and support match day operations just because that's what I'm good at. Um, so a lot of the rhythms that you'll hear I, I've created or I've supported and then just making sure that we have someone who has the technical ability again to do drum maintenance. Uh, last year's championship match, I took apart and fixed and put a drum back together in less than eight minutes because it was <laughs> one of the few that we had and just because we needed it desperately. So yeah. just, just to be able to support in that way, I love supporting um, just kind of as like a personal mantra also. So it's, it's just another part of that. Yeah, that's, that's super cool. I mean, as, as someone who's been involved in um, the Minnesota soccer supporters scene for over a decade now, that's just kind of fucking wow. insane to say. I've seen it all. Um, so and and Revontulate definitely has a lot of the uh, Nessie um, Minnesota stars, so pre-NASL, mm-hmm. um, or you know, NASL, um, sort of pre-McGuire vibes, which is basically, it, it's if you have a cheer, uh, you can get it. You can get it sung at, at a, a Ravonchula game. It's a little harder now in the Wonderwall um, to just get a cheer going, but you get a cheer and you get three other people in your section doing that cheer. <laughs> um, it will it will get down to the the capos and it might get brought into the rotation pretty quickly. So, um, which I think is is super cool and super fun and really great uh, atmosphere for kids too, because you know kids can learn how to do that. And like the the model for the dark clouds for a long time, it, it still kind of is. is is don't be an asshole, be a jackass. And that's kind of what I think the Revanchuit uh, vibe is. Don't be, we're not assholes, but we're jackasses. Like, you know, you can be fun and you can be funny. Um, just don't be, just don't be an asshole. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. That's, that's definitely the, the vibe I get from, from the crew, from what you guys have. And you guys created that all, like, uh, all that like, sort of organically too, right? That wasn't a bunch of old, old dark clouds coming in and sort of like, hey, here's how you do it, right? Like, I know Mel's asking me questions and things like that, but I was like, I would say, here's, you know, here's a piece of advice, but like, it's you, you guys decide what you want to do with it. You know, you can take it or leave it. You can modify it however you want. Um, and that's been really cool to see. It's just like a, the Revolio start up and become its own thing with people that I become friends with through Revolio, but, and even, you know, maybe a few through Wonderwall or whatever, but only maybe tangentially through Wonderwall, we became friends, maybe more so through Revolio, which I think is, is a really cool, really cool thing. And then, you know, with the citizens in Minneapolis city as well. Like there's everybody, all the different SGs kind of have their own, their own vibe, flavor. which I think is really cool. Yeah. Flavor. flavor. Yeah. So, yep. uh, yep. yes. Do you, did you have any questions for, for Daniel? No, but I will say that, um, last, not last match, but the match before, um, couple was sitting next to me. I'd never seen before in my life. And they were asking, the guy was asking the gal, do you think they like, like, 
pump in that drum noise. And I turned to him and I was, I probably had this most disgusted look on my face. And I was like, see the guys with the mushroom sticks in the middle back there? And they were like, oh, I was like, yeah, no, we don't pump in the drum music thing. Gross. Yeah. Oh. I, I will say you can behalf. hear us. Thank you. Greatly appreciated. I, well, not to be mean, because it's a good question to ask. And it's one that we get surprisingly often. Often. Uh, especially from away supporters. It's like, oh, man, the sound system is great. We're like, well, <laughs> no, no, actually. No, we're great. <laughs> we're great. Yes, we're yeah. great. So <laughs> cool. Uh, awesome. Well, thanks, 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 Dave, for joining us. Hey, if, if, um, we'll, we'll do bugs again at the end. But if people want to reach out to you and ask questions or whatever, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Um, um, Thunderwall is on Twitter. Uh, that's our only social media platform right now because we are very small. Um, or they can just reach out to me directly. I know we have an email, but it's escaping my mind right now. But I know it's in the Twitter bio. Okay. So. And that's at, uh, is it at MN Thunderwall is the, the Twitter yeah. handle? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Definitely reach out there or at MN Ravanchua too if you're interested in, in Ravanchua yeah. and. Aurora or just cheat, or just reach out to any of our SGs or the Wonderwall and ask to get connected to us. So right. we're happy to. So. For sure, for sure. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's briefly talk um, some new guys. We have, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Ismail Tajuri Shradi uh, was signed through 2023 uh, with options for 2024 and 2025. Um, he's a guy. I don't even know who he is. I have he's, zero. Yeah, him. Well, let me tell you a little bit about him, Jess. Okay, uh, he was most recently in Cyprus. Uh, he's from uh, Libya. He represents the Libyan national team. Um, he's, he made 98 MLS appearances, uh, 53 starts uh, between 2018 and 2022. Uh, most of that was with New York City FC. Uh, if you don't remember the very first game at Allianz, he scored two goals and had an assist. Uh, he was contributed to all three NYCFC goals in that match, um, if you remember, it was a 3-3 draw, thanks to Sean Johnson uh, kicking one into the back of his own net, um, which we always really appreciate. So uh, he scored 30 goals for in, in MLS, uh, 10 assists, uh, and then he actually won the 2021 MLS Cup with NYCFC. Um, he went to uh, Cyprus uh, last year, um, wasn't getting a ton of playing time. I think he had like one goal in like 14 starts um, and requested a move back to uh, back to MLS. Um, he was training with Minnesota United for at least a couple weeks before his, he was actually officially signed, um, but was signed officially when the, trans, the, um, the transfer window opened on July 5th. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, he's got six senior team appearances for the Libyan national team, uh, the last of which was this past March in the African Cup of Nations qualifying. So another um, national team uh, capped player for Minnesota United. Uh, so, yeah, so he'll be interesting. He's, a, he's like a midfielder. Um, we are, you know, with all the midfielders we have are su surprisingly short on depth there right now with uh, Song Bin out, Fragapane out until at least um, League's Cup, if not longer. What's um, he with? He picked up a knock a couple a couple weeks ago. He hasn't been he hasn't been in the 18 for a while. Uh, Song Bin will be out for the Houston game, but he's they're going to reevaluate him after after Wednesday. He may be back uh, for the LAFC match, but um, no one knows for sure. So. With a short week, three games in seven days, it wouldn't surprise me if we see. Uh, and he goes by Izzy as well. Um, we wouldn't surprise me if we 
if we see Izzy start either Houston against Houston on Wednesday or uh, against LA on Saturday. So, uh, and then finally, before we take our break, uh, the Pookie press conference was happened on Friday. Uh, it was really cool. Um, Daniel and I got to go as part of the Wonderwall with a few other Wonderwall folks uh, and a few other um, uh, executive uh, leadership of the SGs. Um, uh, how was, was that your first Minnesota United press conference you ever attended, Daniel? It was because oh. I missed the the Song Bin signing one. What did what did you think? I've been to a few, so it's you know they're all you know pretty much the same. But um, that was a much bigger one than all like the Songbin Jong one was downstairs in the media room, which is a very so much smaller room. Um, that one obviously was a lot bigger. Uh, what was your what were your thoughts on impressions on that? I they seemed to handle the event well. As someone who has like worked in the service industry, I was like, oh, you look like you got your stuff together for this one, <laughs> and you're and and. It was kind of unfortunate, like where I was sitting, like the two rows in front of me were both almost completely empty. So I was like, I was like, ah, man, they, uh, they could have just like nudged us to move forward a couple of rows, but, but they also were like, they were pushing us not to get too close to the reporters either, which is kind of why we originally sat where we did. My only thought was, oh, I could have, I could have taken every Legion of Loon scarf and just, just had a collection because they put a legion of loon scarf on each chair i was like oh, i could have just gone down the row and taken them all and then i could just trade them away to the the weird traders that want all scarves so <laughs> but i in terms of the press conference itself i don't i don't know if it's just his personality or maybe some strong some some language barrier but like he basically said he wants his work to speak for himself which is refreshing i think given like and and both um um both other people i'm for, i know coach heath was up there and i'm forgetting the other guy the technical director's name mark, mark watson yeah and they both really spoke highly and well which i guess you're kind of supposed to do in a press conference anyways but but it was also like oh this actually has a chance and most of the questions were kind of softballs, which I was a little disappointed about. Like, ask a hard question. One of the reporters got close when he's like, well, we don't exactly have a good history of dedicated strikers. So I was like, oh, you could have just shouted that one out because because he had like, oh, because Heath was a striker. Like, oh, how does it or something like we that? I was like, how do you? Rim. Yeah. How do you how do you feel playing for a coach who played the same position as you did? Uh, and I was like, oh, that's a good that's a actually decent question so yeah i think that was them i think that was jeff reuter who asked that one it was either reuter or andy greeter asked that one uh yeah. and he's pretty good about asking tougher questions um I, the the last comp the the, the song Benjong one they um with, there was obviously the language barrier so there's a lot more questions to adrian and mark watson this one um since pookie speaks relatively relatively good english um uh most of the questions were you know dedicated to to him and, and less so to um Keith and, and Watson so yeah. yeah the the team um puts on they, they do a good job with that um yeah. it's it's super awesome that they invite uh supporters we, we, it is. we were we were supporters so there was a couple other uh you know supporters that were there I think um I'm not sure exactly how people get invited to those things um but it's really cool that the team does that and I really hope that they keep doing that because that really adds you know adds a little um we got to get a chance to get a picture with him at the at the, at the rock um down in the uh, where they the players come out of the pitch, um, gave him a bunch of scarves, which uh, 
I think he was a little overwhelmed with three three scarves. Yep. Uh, but you know, it is it is what it is. So um, hopefully, we're going to rectify that situation soon. But and it's for the time being. Um, so yeah, it, it was uh, very cool. Um, so yeah, if you ever get invited to those from the team, I definitely would suggest people take you take him up on that offer because it you know it's nice to get out of work for a few you know for an hour or so and 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 just uh, yeah, and that one was definitely said much bigger than the Song Zhang one. That one was I mean that was actually broadcast that one on uh, YouTube and stuff. So. Um, Whereas the song Vinjong one, I don't even believe was. I think it may have been recorded, recorded. but I don't think it was. It wasn't live, so that one was live. Yeah. So it was, which is super cool. So, uh, cool. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will get into uh, the other soccer that happened this weekend. There was a lot of it, uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about Houston and uh, LAFC coming up. So, uh, we'll be right back. You want me to be that type of dude, and I. Won't you be who you like me to? But we both know I can't do nothing at all. All right, and we are back. Let's talk Minneapolis City. Uh, The Futures, the Minneapolis City UPSL team, uh, had their season. And unfortunately, this weekend on Saturday, um, they went down to Kansas City to play Sporting Wichita. in the UPSL round of 32 national tournament. Uh, this is a, the tournament they made a run to, I believe the quarterfinals a year ago, I think. Uh, they gave up two goals early, one an own goal. Um, Carter, Hermanson got, Carter Hermanson got a goal back late, um, but it wasn't enough for the Futures. And their season ends uh, 2-1 uh, to Sporting Wichita. They had a really good season. Um, however, they won the mm-hmm. UPSL Midwest West regular season as well as the conference tournament uh we talked about it last week beating uh the st croix team in penalties 13 to 12 uh which is kind of bonkers crazy um but yes tough way to end the season uh but make it to the national tournament is really good just lots of uh young kids to look forward to hopefully for minneapolis city uh in the years to come Mm -hmm. speaking of minneapolis city they were in canada uh they had their canadian road trip uh uh, friday evening they were in thunder bay um we're down two nothing late in that game uh had a dramatic uh come from behind draw two two in thunder bay and then on sunday they went over to fc manitoba and beat fc manitoba two to one both the thunder bay and manitoba teams are in the hunt for the playoffs in um in the usl league two uh which is you know kind of a, a big thing for minneapolis city considering you know they did not have the greatest season, um, they have not had the greatest seasons the last couple of years compared to a previous Minneapolis City uh, team. So getting, you know, a, a come from behind draw and then a big win over a potential playoff team is going to be very encouraging for Carl Craig and the rest of the the rest of the Minneapolis City kids. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully they can continue to build on that. They welcome FC Manitoba this Thursday at McAllister College uh, at 7 p.m. They're playing on the right side of the river for once. Uh uh, and as we mentioned, I'm not 100% sure what the, the beverage policy is there, um, unlike at Augsburg, but I know that the uh, psychedelic drug policy at McAllister is pretty lenient, so <laughs> you want to get on that bandwagon, um, <laughs> knock yourself out. Uh, Dan, uh, Daniel, did you get a chance to, did you watch any of these games or, or get a chance to, to check out any of the Minneapolis City stuff over the weekend? I did. I was at Buda Pills uh, for the Thunder Bay oh, right watch on. party. And and I totally missed the first goal. So when when they scored the second goal, I think was 
even in stoppage time, super yeah, late. So. And then the the official blows the whistle, and and Minneapolis City starts celebrating. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm like, no, you just lost. And people are like, no, 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 they just scored a couple of minutes ago. Also, I'm like, whoa, they played to a draw. Good for them. Okay, we're yeah. celebrating. <laughs> I also think that the win against Manitoba was the only win that Minnesota soccer saw this entire weekend. So good for them, bringing us at least a little, a little light in the darkness. That is, that is true. Uh, yeah, uh, and I think between, so I think they drew Thunder Bay here when Thunder yep. Bay was in town, and they have the, the next game, the last game of the regular season is against SD Manitoba. Um, they get a draw there. I mean, that they take that'd be taking um, you know eight points uh, off yeah. of uh, off of the Canadian teams, the teams that are gunning for the playoffs would be a pretty impressive thing for Minnesota, for Minneapolis city. So, well, and it's their own darn fault for for forcing two games to be replayed or rescheduled due to smoke. So, right. Yeah. The, the, the the Canadians, (laughs) fucking Canadians. Uh, And then the final match, well, hopefully not the final match of the season, but the final regular of of sort of the scheduled season is the Minnesota super cup uh, match on July 18th. That's a Tuesday, 7 PM versus Duluth FC. Um, Duluth FC is, is battling with Med City for the top of the MPSL this year. They're they're very good. Um, Miss, uh, Minneapolis City controls their destiny. I believe if they win that game, they are they make it to the next round to the semifinals. Um, it'll be a tough match though because Duluth, Duluth FC. We've always played Duluth tough. They are very they were our old MPSL rivals. Um, they're you know they bring. I'm sure they'll have fans that come down. They they bring a lot of support. Uh, so if you get a chance, uh, you want to get out to Edo Nelson Field at 7 p.m. I believe I still have a couple of extra tickets. So if you don't have tickets to Minneapolis City and you want to come, uh, let me know. I could probably hook a couple people up. So hit me up on hit me up on Twitters or whatnot. So um, just set aside one for me. I'll take one. Okay, sounds good. I have one ticket left. <laughs> if anybody Sweet. wants one, so um, and and you and Jess has one. MJ probably has one or two left. So uh, yeah, definitely uh, definitely that'll be a very fun match. Um, if you've never seen. The Duluth FC, uh, those games get very, very feisty between Minneapolis City mm-hmm. and Duluth. So and that's at um, Denver, and it's at, at yeah at uh, at Augsburg on July 18th, uh, which is uh, not this week but next week, next Tuesday. I'm putting it in the book. <laughs> All right, all right, and then uh, let's talk about Aurora. This was uh, again another downer to the end to end the weekend. Uh, pre pre Minnesota uh, United. Uh, let's talk, let's jump back to Thursday though. Um, they did get a win in the uh, quarter or the round of 16. Um, they beat Chicago city, a team that they've played twice already this year, this time only one to nothing. Uh, yeah, this was a, uh, should have been much more. Um, the only goal was uh, Del Morale from the penalty spot. I believe in like the 20th minute, uh, the penalty mm-hmm. was given when I believe it was, was it by Hansen was just dragged down by, uh, yeah. the Chicago city defenders. Um, good horse collar tackle. It was very good, good horse collar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, uh, Aurora had a twenty-eight to nothing shot advantage in this game. Um, it was yep. a complete utter dominance. Literally, Chicago City players, I think, were more pissed off at their uh, their own players than they were Aurora. Uh, Chicago City player got sent off, I believe, in like the seventy-second minute or something like that, with a just shoving somebody from behind. Um, and yeah, they were they, the Chicago City players were sniping at each other more than they were sniping at the Minnesota Aurora players. Uh, so it was a, it was a tense match. Um, it never felt like Minnesota was going to lose that match, but also they kept their signs there that we'll talk about here for the, for the match on Saturday. 
where they just kept hitting the posts or they're shooting it right at the goalkeeper. Some of that lack of finishing that um, Minnesota United uh, has maybe rubbed off a little bit too much on the Aurora players. Um, just stop supporting Minnesota United. Don't even look at them. Right, right. I mean, um, I will say Chicago City played very rough, borderline dirty. Oh, uh, yeah. Which, which was unlike Aurora. So. They're definitely, yeah. their, their whole game plan was literally every time Cat Rap had the balls to try and like shove her, nip at her heels, you know, pretty much um, disrupt Cat Rap uh, all yeah. game. And, and it worked for the most part. And I'm yeah. not sure if, if, Indy 11 watched that and decided to take a play, uh, you know, a, a little bit of play from there. That game, the game on Saturday was not as chippy as that Chicago City game. Um, Indy 11 definitely has much higher quality players. Um, but yeah, you, we're, we, we, we're at the, at the black heart to watch these games and it was uh, frustrating. Uh, we'll just, you know, we'll say it Saturday in the uh, um, quarterfinal round. Indy 11 won Minnesota Aurora 0. The lone goal came. I believe it was like in the 57th or 58th minute, a, a foul at the top of the box, uh, 20 yards out. Poor ball comes out to sort of, I'm not even sure what she was trying to do, clear it or, or catch it or what. She kind of just misjudges the ball and any of the 11 um, uh, players right there to pounce on it. She puts in the back of the net and uh, there's still plenty of time for Aurora and Aurora had plenty of opportunities in this game as well. Um, but just couldn't, again, just couldn't find the back of the net. Daniel, uh, what were your thoughts on well, either of these games, whichever one you want to talk about, uh, or both? Well, before I talk about either of these games, since MJ is not here, I have to talk a conspiracy theory, um, which is I strongly believe you don't have to. Believe, don't have to I'm don't going to, to though. <laughs> okay, go which ahead. Is I strongly believe, even though Aurora and TCO had a scheduling conflict for one of these games that the USLW refused to give them hosting privileges to take away their home field advantage. Uh, and the, and knowing that 7,000 fans showing up would definitely bias play. Um, and as such, like wh why else would you give it to a city where you can't drink the water? No offense to the city of Flint city, Michigan, and their ongoing problems, please. Like if you're from there, call your local legislator and tell them what, why the hell is this still an issue years after the fact, but it's like, really like, come on, why? Yeah. I understand there's a scheduling conflict, but why else would you not give it to Aurora? Cause they bid and they lost, I think purely because of that, at least publicly. But talking right. about the games themselves, that I is, will... I'm just gonna I'm gonna say that no. that is a that's a Dananon tweet. That's a Dananon yes. conspiracy yes, theory. That, that is. is not endorsed by the names I know. I am here for it. This I'm not even, I'm not I'm not even sure that's endorsed by MJ Anon. You have to talk to him and see if he feels if Dananon and MJ Anon are, are connected somehow. Um, but yeah, okay, go go ahead, Daniel. Speaking like specifically to the indie match, I think like Minnesota Aurora is. Well, and you actually saw this with Flint City also. They got they got just steamrolled by Indy when you have a team that that plays in a division that is straight trash. Uh, like and you look at most of the other opponents are like like just not in some cases not even fielding full benches because of of travel costs or like there's just such a low bar 
for for competition or resources in order to join the USLW that you're just you're playing like Aurora just more or less even though some of the scores don't reflect it just wipe the floor with the division again and then you you saw the same thing happen last year in the playoffs Aurora hits true competition for the first time mm-hmm. and and all of a sudden their high skill high technical ability meets another team that has the same high high technical and skill like Indy 11 knew what to do and they and they actually accomplished it whereas Chicago knew what they had to do and just couldn't make it happen or else Chicago might have upset Aurora even in the first round they knew what they needed to do which was push be aggressive play a very physical game of soccer Indy also played a very physical game of soccer but then also had the technical skill and knowledge mm-hmm. and Aurora just couldn't like Aurora is just used to rolling over teams or being able to put balls over defenders and having, having a forward or a striker come in and basically un, unmatched and just have a good shot on goal. They indeed really didn't give them any of those. And thus that's, I, and that's what happened. What is what happened? So it, there, it could have gone multiple different ways. I just, I, you have to, support no matter what right and this is a tough loss the bar was high this year they wanted to get back to the championship game obviously that's not the case but look at what they've accomplished they have the undefeated regular season just like last year we have the, one of the best coaching staffs in the country one of the best player community like support structures in the country and that's only going to benefit us um, moving forward uh, and as long as we can continue to stay competitive I don't Personally, like I don't, I don't care. Like, <laughs> they don't even have to be competitive for that matter. I'm just so happy, as I think a lot of fans are, of what's been built. That you're, you, the players and coaches I know feel bad, and I know they feel like they let people down. They can think that they. I just hope that they know that that's not the case. Like we're let, or even if that is the case, you're not going to lose us. Like, yeah, we're not necessarily happy, but that's not going to stop us from being fans. Right. Hell, we had more people travel to Flint City than any other team that was playing there. <laughs> even Flint City itself didn't wow. have, didn't like, like, even, they couldn't even pull as many people to watch their own game as the Aurora Indie match did. So, mm-hmm. and that says something about yeah. what we've created. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I was just saying about the games, uh, specifically, the, yeah, I can talk a little bit about the more general stuff. Uh, this is the first game that I've seen that Tiana Harris, uh, the Indy 11 game specifically, but Chicago City, where Tiana Harris kind of looked overmatched, and she did not look that at all this year. So, um, again, I think that, you know, obviously there's only so much you can do. Um, obviously, Horbaugh did not get many um, opportunities in matches, uh, you know, for things like, you know, uh, free kicks and things like that. That's, you know, that's where teams can um, – that's where teams can hurt you. Um I know that I know that they practice those things, so she gets plenty of, of, of balls in practice and things like that. Um, but he, you know, it's just it's not the same as you know actually happening during a match. To the you know to yeah. some of the things you, you mentioned, uh, sixty goals scored this year. That was the most in the league. Uh, plus fifty six goal differential. They didn't allow a goal, um, I believe, after like June seventh or something um, until the until the playoffs. Uh, literally, they went I think six games in a row without conceding a goal, uh, which is also pretty pretty impressive. And to your point too about you know how the support and the, the, the structure that Aurora has, um, 
you know, Indy 11 is, uh, they have a whole, I mean, they have a, a full, they have a full men's mm-hmm. team on their side, right? Most of the teams that are playing in this, in this USLW league are teams that were created from already developed soccer pipelines, whether it may, maybe not, it did not focus on women, um, but they're, te- they're teams that have infrastructure, right? They have yep. players, they have, they've been around for, in some cases, you know, 30, 40 years that women's teams have not, right? Which is a, you know, a frustrating thing. They're just finally now getting around to, you know, some of my pre-professional women's teams. Um, but when, you know, I think a lot of teams, a lot of teams of, and fans of other teams, you know, complain about the the million dollars that Aurora raised or whatever. It's like, yeah, that's because they had to start from scratch. <laughs> Where most of these yeah. teams, like, literally are starting, Rochester's the one, I think that's starting from, that's starting from scratch. But, like, most of those teams in the league, um, uh, Tormenta, the team we lost to in the finals last year, that is a, a well-established club in Georgia mm-hmm. that's been around for many, many years. And and uh, so, you know, there is something to be said about, you know, the, the structure that Aurora has built so quickly um, that, you know, literally their players want to come play here. Um, it's only, I think, you know, to your point, Daniel, I think it's only going to get, be the, because that's, it's not gonna, that's not going to get worse. I don't think we're going to, see a, a drop off of players who, who don't want to come to Minnesota or for whatever reason, I think it's only going to get better. Um, we're only going to have players who are going to want to come. And I believe when I was talking with Wes, when they're doing tryouts and like the other day, I have people coming from like California, um, the East coast to Minnesota in like January for a, for a soccer trial <laughs> yeah. for a team. So for a pre-professional team, right? Like it's a team that's not even professional. Right. And that's yeah. just because, and that's not only because, and so that's because Minnesota has, they have that soccer infrastructure too, right? But they also have the other infrastructure to help players develop as people. Um, you know, there are, I know there's a couple of players, at least one player, I believe I heard this on the, on the Minnesota football show that there's a player who's considering going to med school after she's done with college. So she, she just like shadowed the, the head trainer for a, a bunch of time this summer, just sort of like get a feel for what that, a job like that might be like. That's, those are opportunities. And, you know, we see the commercials for like True Stone or whatever, where the, they have the players in these commercials and things like that. That's just an opportunity for, for players to grow and develop, not just as players, not just as soccer players, but as people, um, as citizens of the world. So um, mm-hmm. Minnesota should be, you know, in spite of losing, um, you know, the, the Aurora should be, fr- should be proud. The, the front office there should be proud. Every single fan, um, all the people who went to the, who, we had about 70 people at the Blackheart on Saturday afternoon yeah. uh, for, for the, for the match, like all like what the 20, 20 or 25 people that went to Flint. Uh, I mean, everybody should be proud anybody who bought a ticket to the season, this, you know, to a game this year um, it's only growing. I mean, that's like, that's kind of the crazy thing is, you know, we, we started off having the watch parties at the Blackheart and it was 10 or 15 people, you know, pretty consistently by the end of the year, it was like 40 people. And then except for that playoff mm-hmm. game it was basically double that. So um, which is really a really cool thing to see, um, especially supporting um, not just, you know, soccer, but a, a women's women's sports as well. Um, we need to really aggressively promote that. So, yeah, keep an eye out. I've heard rumors that Aurora is doing at least a couple events around the World Cup, uh, which I know I think was on the agenda. Also, uh, some team events in and around uh, the U.S. women's team. Uh, cool. at the world cup also so in any way that like go buy merch or or like write an email to their general info begging not to have matches on wednesday nights during the school year next year like yeah. like like which which really they had no say in but the more people that give them that feedback the more they they can go to the league and say no we can't have this happen again yeah. um 
So just, uh, yeah, whatever support can be given is always encouraged, regardless of which team. But Aurora is a special place in many people's hearts. Um, So, Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, And yeah, follow the Revanchulet on Twitter and Instagram and things like that. Yeah, I know you guys are, you mentioned earlier, going to be doing events all year long, the ice cream socials and and you guys are doing really good um, charity work as well. So definitely um, stay involved if you're if you're interested and you want to you know meet more cool people. Like these are really great ways to do that. So all right, uh, let's let's jump back to Minnesota, uh, and they have a couple more matches coming up here before the All Star break, uh, and then the League's Cup uh, starts happening in a couple weeks as well. Um, All Star week is I believe next Wednesday. I think is the game, and then then they're, the League's Cup is going to start kicking off uh, shortly thereafter. Uh, we have two games this week. We're down in Houston on Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. And then we host LAFC uh, this Saturday at Allianz Field. So uh, this is the point where we, you know, sort of talk about, you know, potential players um, that were, you know, interested in watching or whatever. Um, so I was mentioning, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, that Thong Bijong and Fragapane are still out for Wednesday. Um, Boxel and uh, Jabba the Hutt will be back in uh, on, on the sideline. <laughs> Um, Box will be back from his yellow card suspension, so that will be very helpful for the defense. Um, I'm, I'm assuming Dane St. Clair will be back, although I'm not 100% sure. Um, he may not, I mean, uh, we'll talk, you know, talk a little bit about the U.S. game, U.S. Canada game here in a little bit, but uh, Canada was eliminated from the Gold Cup. My guess is Irwin will probably start on Wednesday, and then um, Dane probably gets to start on Saturday, would I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, so like I said, we might see Izzy uh, on one of these matches. Uh, Hector Herrera is um, turning into a uh, MVP candidate for Houston, uh, which is very, very scary. Um, they drew 2-2 with Sporting Kansas City over the weekend. I don't know if you guys caught any. The end of that game, there was a uh, a very, should have been a red card for the Houston Dynamo player when Sporting Kansas City equalized late in the, I want to say it was like the... Uh, like 98th minute or something like that. Um, Houston player just bum rushed uh, uh, the Sporting Kansas City player uh, in the circle before the kickoff and just like knocked him over and only got a yellow card. It was, it was kind of bonkers, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I'm glad United's not the only teams that have bad officials. So, Oh yeah, no, this is, yeah, it's, this is a, this is a, uh, there was also a, a goal disallowed, in the new England um, uh, Red Bulls game, that was a just complete obvious mistake. And uh, literally the pro referees came out and they said, had to uh, make a yes. statement. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I yeah. That. It's not, not good. So uh, the, I, yeah, that's, I mean, that is like, like sort of a running theme of the season that the officiating has been, has been shit particularly bad. Yeah. And it's not, and it's like, you know, it's not just Minnesota United games. It's, it's, it's pretty impressive how crap how refereeing bad. has been. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, is there anybody uh, from Houston or LAFC that you guys wanted to point out? Otherwise, I, I got a I got a couple of players I can throw out there. Hit us. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, our old friend Chase Gasper uh, on the Houston Dynamo. Has he been starting? Has he been playing? Uh, he has not been starting. Um, he, you know, I'm not sure. Let's see here. Yeah, he's only got 193 minutes this year. So I, yeah, he's not coming oh. in too much. He played. He played in the Open Cup a couple weeks ago before Minnesota and then uh, proceeded to immediately get a red card. So he had to miss the Minnesota United match. Um, yeah, so he's, you know, he's out there. 
Brad Smith, um, longtime MLS uh, veteran, Australian dude. Uh, Steve Clark, uh, people might recognize for Houston. He is a former Portland goalkeeper. Um, I mm-hmm. believe he was with Portland when they won the MLS Cup a few years ago. I mentioned Hector Herrera, uh, Mexican international. Um, very, very good. Uh, Artur, another um, name that people might remember. Um, he's a midfielder from Brazil. Uh, and then uh, the player who seems to always score against Minnesota, at least in the last uh, few times they've matched up, uh, Thor Olferson, uh, Iceland, Icelandic uh, forward for them. Uh, and then a, another blast from the past, uh, Corey Baird, uh, US, uh, former U.S. international, uh, longtime MOS, uh, MOS player for Houston. So um, they are currently sitting in eighth place. Uh, and 28 points. So they're four points above Minnesota with a, we have a game in hand on them. So a win down in Houston would be huge, 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 huge for Minnesota United. So um, how do we think this game is going to go guys? I mean, Minnesota has got one of the better road records in the, in the Western conference. Uh, Jess, what do you think um, on Wednesday? I don't know. I feel like I always call Houston the wrong way. It's like, they're bad when I think they're going to be good. They're good when I think they're going to be bad. But I don't feel real good about our morale, particularly mine. But, um, <laughs> and my faith is uh, shaken. So I'm going to say Houston 2-1. Okay. Daniel, you got a prediction? Yeah, I unfortunately have to agree with the morale. I think this entire week is going to be extremely difficult for Minnesota United. I think they are going to have a mindset of play for the draw, uh, unfortunately, on both of these games. Um, And as such, I will agree with Jess and say 2-1 Houston because anytime Minnesota United plays for a draw, they ultimately lose. So... (laughs) That that is a fair point. Um, Minnesota, as you guys remember, remember beat Houston one nothing back in May, uh, and then they went down to uh, Houston for the Open Cup and proceeded to get their asses kicked four to nothing. Um, that was clearly a different team. I think it'll be interesting. I, I think there's there's opportunities for Heath to um, to do some interesting tactical stuff if he wants to. Um, he tends to if he's going to do anything interesting tactical, he tends to do it on the road. Um, whether it's play a back three uh, or maybe yep. try try a four four two, um, I don't expect to see any of that. But I, I, you could, you know, not outside the realm of possibility. I do think this ends in a draw. I think this ends a um, a dire zero zero draw. Um, I think one of the one of the worst games I've ever seen in the history of, of my watching soccer was Minnesota versus Houston uh, back in at the T at TCF. I think it was in, was it 20? I think it was 2018. Yes, that they was played a zero, zero draw. And it was the oh. worst fucking soccer match I've ever watched in person in my entire life. It was fucking <laughs> terrible. And I get the feeling a, mi- a midweek down in Houston has the makings of a shitty fucking soccer match. So, uh, I think we go zero, zero. So, all right, then moving on to Saturday, LAFC is in town. Uh, they are currently sitting in third place on 33 points. Um, they are actually, though, in a pretty, pretty bad run of form. They did get a 1-1 draw with uh, San Jose over the weekend. Um, but before that, had lost three in a row, including the um, El Trafico to LA Galaxy, mm-hmm. uh, a loss um, in Vancouver, and a, a loss um, at home to Dallas. Um, ever since basically the, the, the uh, CONCACAF Nation or Champions League, 
final, which they lost to Cub Leone, they've been kind of in a downward spiral. So um, LAFC comes to Minnesota. Um, yeah. Is there anybody uh, in particular that stands out for you guys from LAFC? Um, Chelly. What is his name? Kelly? Chelly? Chiellini? Chiellini. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Italian? <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like I feel yes. like all LAFC <laughs> could potentially give us a hard time. <laughs> but I yeah. like that they're on the down down dip path and i feel like we may if we're smart and we finish some chances <laughs> like maybe two at least we might have a shot at a draw <laughs> shot at a draw okay it might be the name of the podcast shot at a draw <laughs> uh daniel anybody from uh lafc at uh either frighten fright you or I feel like they have a player out on injury or something like that that would have made a difference I feel like someone got injured during El Trafico but I could be wrong or maybe I'm thinking of the other LA team um, unfortunately a lot of teams are really good at turning their seasons around playing Minnesota United uh, we <laughs> We are a great team to rebound on, um, and the stats will prove that. Um, I feel if all of our players are back and Heath coaches well, which I will very rarely bet on, uh, <laughs> we could have a chance on winning this. I've, I, so I will again call it a draw, but I think it'll be an interesting one. So let's say 2-2. Two, two. Okay. I, th I think there's going to be plenty of goals, um, but at least one goal for each team is going to be a really bad one. Like you're going to go, oh, yikes, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, that sounds about right. Um, the uh, Carlos Vela is, the, you know, their, their talisman. Uh, he came on late in the game against um, San Jose. Uh, they have a midweek game as well. They take it on St. Louis City uh, on Wednesday oh. as well. So we'll get a chance to see it. So there might be some rotation um, either on Wednesday or on Saturday. Again, you know, every team has, you know, the, the next like several weeks off, with the, you know, with some leagues mm -hmm. game going in there. Uh, Kellen Acosta is the, um, you know, U.S. international. Uh, he plays in the midfield for LAFC. Um, uh, Dennis Buanga, uh, uh, Gabonese, uh forward um has been scoring a lot of goals for for them uh and then our old fan uh friend from um kansas city Ilya sanchez uh who also tends to give minnesota fits uh, yeah. he, really? he plays he plays for lafc now yeah it's uh huh. yep yeah, it's, he's uh, a terrible commercial i hate that commercial yet yeah. it makes me want to die like gouge my eyes out yes yes that's definitely and then uh <laughs> uh, US, uh, US potential U.S. youth international Timothy Tillman. Um, you know he's working on getting uh, switching over to the U.S. Uh, he plays in that middle of the four-three-three that Steve Trundle likes to play as well. So, all right. So you guys are both picking draws for this one. Um, yeah. I think this is. I think Minnesota. I think they need to win this game. Um, you know, I. I really yes. think if they lose both of these <laughs> That's games. Matter of need, David. Yeah, I I would agree they need to win both of these. That's not yeah, going to yeah. necessarily happen. Honestly, I think I mean, oh man, if if they lose if they lose both of these games, 
there's there's got to be there has to be serious discussion about about Adrian Heath. I you can't they, they'll be in at that point they'll probably be in like 13th place. Um, I don't think there would be, but you'd have to think there would be. So I think Minnesota. I think Minnesota maybe gets like I said gets a draw um, on Wednesday and then gets a win on Saturday because oh, okay. whenever whenever we think Minnesota's out, they they find a way. Um, so is it going to be like you know four one? I think it would be two nothing. Uh, I think Dane St. Clair comes back. He keeps the clean sheets, mm. and Minnesota finds a way. I think Pookie gets his first goal. Um, I think he gets his first start and first goal mm. in this game. Um, and then, uh, and yeah, I think maybe Bongi gets the second one, um, both assisted by Ray. And I think that gives Minnesota some momentum uh, for the League's Cup, which we'll we'll talk about maybe next week um, a little bit more about this. But it's you know it's it's basically gonna be like a World Cup style tournament. There's a a small group stage, um, and that's a knockout tournament. Minnesota has typically played well in knockout tournaments in the past, so um, it'd be nice if Minnesota gets a little bit of uh, a momentum and then goes into this tournament and wins it because there's some you know big ramifications if they do. So, cool. All right. Um, as I mentioned, the Gold Cup is still going on. Um, Dane St. Clair uh, and Canada lost to the U.S. in penalties uh, Sunday night. Um, it was a, a very boring game until like the 89th minute when the U.S. scored a goal, <laughs> yeah. uh, then proceeded to give up a penalty. Um, and then and then Canada scored a goal in, in extra time. And then um, U.S. When turn, turned around and scored like with what, three or four minutes left in extra time to force pens. Uh, Matt Turner um, did some very Matt Turner things and, and had some huge saves. Dane, uh had a did you Daniel? Did you watch any of this game? The, the I game? I've seen the the highlights specifically the penalties. It's like okay, so Dane's so Dane's generally pretty good at penalties. Like he he, he was yeah. definitely not at fault. He was man of the match for Canada in this game. Uh, I will just say he did some very Dane things during the course of this game. There's some <laughs> very poor placement of his uh, of his goal kicks. Um, mm. Some interesting decision making. And then he made some. Then he had a couple of amazing saves, just like some instant reactions, split second saves, things that Dane is well known for. Like we're we're joking. There's a guy who had just moved to Minnesota and didn't know much about Dane St. Clair. So the you know a bunch of us who were there watching the game were like, oh yep, that's definitely the Dane that we know and love in Minnesota. Like he'll make a stupid <laughs> mistake, like not go, like he'll go and punch a ball that he could easily catch, and you're just like, why are you doing that? Like just catch the fucking ball. Um, and and he you know for the, for to his credit, like the goals that that were conceded um one uh was a the brandon vasquez goal like i think there was anything that he could do on that one uh the chun lucabusio yeah. goal in like the hundred and uh whatever the 114th minute or whatever that was just a dumb yeah. luck uh, he made a great save it bounced right it bounced off of his defender into the back of the net um so definitely nothing that dane could do on that one he definitely deserved uh to win that game and the fact that they lost some penalties is, is frustrating for him i imagine um but hopefully gets him back to minnesota a little bit sooner uh, and then, as we mentioned, Jamaica, uh, they advanced to the semifinal versus Mexico, also on Wednesday. Uh, so, Kamar Lawrence is still out. Um, if they lose that game, then Kamar Lawrence potentially is available on Saturday, I would guess. Yay! Um, maybe, maybe not. kind of depends Ooh. on how, how much time he needs to recover. But potentially could be available on, on Saturday as well. So, uh, all right. Uh, that That's just about it. A uh, reminder, if you guys want to uh, play some soccer with a bunch of old people, um, hit me up on Twitter. The Sickles FC is going. Um, I told uh, Jess at the top of the podcast, we had about almost 20 people at the futsal court on Saturday. So it's very cool. And then um, 
I'm in talks with Rodrigo and Eric um, on a Women's World Cup pod uh, that we're going to do. Um, hopefully do a, a pre sort of a pre World Cup pod and then record after the U.S. games. Um, if there's any games of note, we're not going to be as regimented and uh, strict of a schedule as we were with the Men's Cup, uh, Men's World Cup, because that was insane. Um, but we definitely want to do that. We have a few um, special guests. Uh, one of Rodrigo's daughters, Isa, I think, well, he wants to get on a podcast and swear a bunch. So I feel like I can oblige. Swear a bunch? I, I can yes. oblige. The, I can oblige the youth to drop f bombs. Um, yeah, I mean, whenever I can. Hard. So, yeah. Uh, all right, Daniel. Hey, tell people where they can find you. Uh, reach out about you know Thunderwall or Vonshoid or all of that fun stuff if they if they want to. Sure. Again, like socials, kind of a little bit everywhere. Um, if you know anyone in supporters culture, just ask them also. <laughs> it's a it's a weird yeah. small world of like spider webbing across these SGs in Minnesota. Uh, and and I know uh, pretty much everyone is on Twitter, Thunderwall, Wonderwall, Revontalet, Dark Clouds, True North Elite, Red Loons. They're all on Twitter. Some are also on Facebook, some are also on Instagram. Um, most have emails or you can just Google because the Wonderwall has a website as does Rivon Tillette and they will get you information from there. Yep. Very cool. Um, at TDIKMN on Twitter. Um, I'm at Texas Zeller. MJ is as always at MJ Matt Sui. And Jess is at Jessica144083. Niner. Niner two. Um, Thank you, Daniel, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thanks for breaking down all these games and, and just being uh, an awesome uh, contributor to our to our continuing to burgeon soccer culture. So, and I yeah. will I will see you tomorrow in less than twenty four hours for our Wonderwall board meeting. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is tomorrow. Thanks for all the right. reminder. Yep. Thanks for having me. Yes, we've been the Dave's. You know, this is Dave's. I know. As you do yours, land here, become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son.